Welcome to this week's Treasury Career Corner podcast, where I interview treasury professionals about their treasury careers. Each and every week, I talk to them about how they've built their careers, where they are now, where they see both themselves and the treasury profession going to next. Let's get on with the show. This week's show, delighted to be joined by Andy Hawes, the group treasurer at InnoSpec Inc. InnoSpec are a global speciality company with manufacturing research centers and operations in 24 countries. The company provides chemicals, additives, formulations for so many different markets. You've got chemicals, construction, polymers, waxes. He'll explain that a little bit later in the show. InnoSpec itself currently employs you know, over 1,900 uh, treasure, talented professionals globally, uh, but again, as always, each and every week on the show, let's get more into Andy. And we've known each other for a number of years, but more, I just wanted to go back to the beginning of his career. And we've got some interesting tales, actually, about you know some of his thoughts about it and accountancy, treasury, and then your career to date. So, Mr. Hawes, take us back and how you first discovered the world of well, finance and then the world of treasury, sir. So over to you. Great. Thanks, thanks, Mike. Going to finance, not via the usual sort of accountancy professional route, but left school at sort of 16 and gone into it that way. So I sort of worked way up, did night school, business and finance at night school whilst uh, whilst working and I sort of always wanted to be sort of involved in, in the running of businesses, really, and joined Reynolds PLC in the late 90s, I think it was. And I thought that gave me an opportunity to sort of work alongside some people who were, who were really experienced sort of uh, financial professionals. And they, <clears throat> but they've been in the business for an awful long time. So they gave me really good grounding in, uh, in sort of PLC uh, finance and accounting. And they also gave me an opportunity to do further studies. So I started doing SEMA at that point. So I thought, um, I you know, it was- just for the listeners, what's Reynolds? You know, I- Reynolds, yeah, Reynolds PLC. It's a chain engineering manufacturer based in the northwest of England. It's uh, it's been going for an awful long time. It, um, I think, I think Hans Reynolds had something to do with the invention of the uh, the bicycle chain, and they they produce a variety of engineering products throughout Europe and, and the USA. It's only it's a fairly small PLC now, but it's it's got a very very good heritage. Over the years, so it was it was kind of a really good business to join because I say it had been the people who were there were very experienced. They'd been there for a long time, and they they just kind of gave this this I said this grounding in in reconciliation. You know what I mean? It's sort of understanding the balance sheet, understanding how all these kind of things work, and more importantly, making sure it's right. So that when we produce the reports, and then this this kind of grounding from sort of old school finance accountants and whatnot, has sort of set me in good stead since then. Because you know you had to make sure that everything within that balance sheet was, was correct with it being a with it being a PLC. You started there, and as you say, you studied as an accountant, and I know that's a backbone of some of your experience. And then you've you know d- developed into treasury, if that's the right way to put it. But you know, you as you said, at the head of the show, you were sort of doing that at night school. Well, I was accounting your first interest, but then it sort of grew into treasury it was really because i wanted something that would give me the opportunity to be involved in management and running of business and again i spoke to fds and financial guys at other places where i've worked out small much smaller than than reynolds and and they just sort of gave me this advice so that was a good way in SEMA being management accounting so it just gave you this kind of if you look at this, the exams that they do it, it gives you a sort of a breadth of of business in general and so I thought okay this is this is great so I get to see all the business rather than just financial accounting financial accounting was part of it but it, it just gives you a whole breadth of the whole sort of business and how a business works so I, I kind of like that and then uh, having having sort of worked at uh, Reynolds for a few years and, and got sort of qualified 
the treasury side of things came along because I was working hand in glove, really. What, what I did at Reynolds initially was the, the head office financial accountant. And so you, you were sort of working hand in glove with the the assistant group treasurer and the treasurer at the time. So that was my first introduction to it. And the treasurer, I'm trying to think back, it's a long, long time ago now, but I think the treasurer, or the assistant group treasurer, I should say, um, went on maternity leave, I think. And so there was, there was just this period of time where they needed someone to sort of cover. So I started to do FX trades and started to do all that sort of thing, you know, and then you're speaking to the banks and then you're looking at cash flows and you look at all these kind of things that they do and deposits and, and what to do with cash. And it just got, you know, just, I just got hooked there, there, there and then. You know, I loved it. I've always had an interest in, you know, in, in business and in markets, you know, how currencies are performed. And of course, in those days, it was, you know, this is pre-Euro days. Mm-hmm. So we had a whole suite of currencies, <clears throat> you know, and so people would be sending me in uh, their cash forecasts in the different currencies and having working out what to what we needed to hedge. So we, we hedged accounted properly there. So we got an introduction into that. And it was, you were kind of thrown in at the deep end, really. It was just case, well, here you go. This is how we do it. The person who went on maternity leave gave me some pointers. But because we were working hand in glove, I'd seen the accounting side of it, seen how all that worked. So it got a good idea. And well, you know, once you're once you're into that, you know, you don't want to let go. And the opportunity came along a few years later at um at Reynolds to actually take over the um the assistant group treasurer's role, which I uh, took with open arms. And there's other things involved in it as well. So there's the pension scheme and managing the uh, the pension funds. So I've uh, never looked back. And it was because it was so established, actually, you got to you got to see it from, you know, almost the, the best way to do it sort of thing. You know, you, this had been done for so many years, they'd honed it. And they allowed me to sort of try and home it a little bit better as yeah. things moved on. So that's, that's how we did it. And what was the pressure like for you you know, we just spoke before the show there about your latest company. We'll come on to that shortly. But, you know, the fact is Treasury, you know, sometimes is, is quite distant to the business. You know, you're holding the cash, you're doing this, but you weren't. You were in a, you know, a engineering business. You know, you started out in there and they were like really relying on you for results and, and everything else. We talk about cash and that's a key thing that comes into the, sort of the back of things, as it were. What was that like for you? Was there a knock at the door quite a regular basis? Or, you know, show us the you know, cash forecast. How did it work? Well, it, it, I'll tell you how it, it changed rapidly uh, because um, the financial crisis of, of what, 2007, 2008 changed the whole game at Reynolds. And it, it, it suddenly meant that we were in a, a much more precarious position because of a number of things. Obviously, the currencies plummeted and sales forecasts, everything everything went went south. And we were in a quite a difficult position. You know, we, we, you know, we, we all took, you know, ten percent pay cuts and things like that to try and help the business out, and, and cash became absolute key to everything we did. So, so all the hedging, all the forecasts, all had to be tied in properly. Now that, and then there was a weekly focus on on, on cash forecasting. But the whole, I would say about treasury at that point, <clears throat> the whole thing changed. I mean, what the one thing I've, as I said earlier on, what I like to do is to get involved in the business. I like to sort of get my uh, my sort of tentacles, if you like. At, uh, in, into different departments and different bits of, sort of, you know, be it manufacturing, AP, AR, development of the business, all these kind of things. So you, so you, you, your reach moves all over the place. And I think that sort of suits my my character now more. And I think Treasury changed to that. So we had to be involved. You had to understand the business. Whereas before that, you could get away with being in your ivory tower and just sat there. So we do the hedging, we produce the reports, we do the uh, hedge accounting, we produce the the note for the accounts every year, but. 
from 2007 2008 we were literally on the front line you know we had to find out from all these places what their what their cash is going to be how much cash are you going to collect how much are you going to have to pay link the two things together then how is how is our fx doing you know how is our hedging doing you know what's the market market like now what's it going to be and you're suddenly very 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 aware of, of the markets and you're taking notice then of all you know all the, all the reports that you get on how the currency is doing how the economy is doing Everything became really, really important. It's a fairly small business, as I say, and therefore almost every every dollar w- was key. So we had to know what was going on. And of course, you know, you're looking at uh, each quarter, you're looking at uh, covenants. Then, you know, the, the covenant work was was critical and has been ever ever since everywhere I've been to make sure you tell the bank you know, this is where we expect to be at the end of the quarter. And we had to hit that. You know, we had to sort of convince the banks because if they think you you're in control of your cash, they're a lot happier. If they think you're out of control. And you've no idea what your cash is going to be at the end of a quarter. And we were running, you know, quite, you know, we, we had some targets for where our covenants, you know, had to be really and to make sure we weren't in any any peril. And of course, the interest on top of that, because interest was, you know, there was interest in those days. And so it, it all mattered. You know, that, that was the point. It all mattered. Suddenly, it wasn't so much that the, the glare was on us because it was on, it was on, the, on the business in general, but we were adding value at that point. And it was adding, adding value under the line, you know, but we were adding value. And how did you maintain a pressured situation? You know, and again, we're going to move on in a moment to your current role and everything else. But how did you maintain those relationships where, again, we were just talking about APAR before the show and some of the challenges we have with there and stuff. But what's your key, or certainly if you reflect back on those days, I know we spoke about this before, but to, to talk to guys about the collecting that cash or, you know, yeah. You know those. What's your key to success in that? I mean, not just there, but so so I've, I've gone from there to to sort of speedy hire to mm-hmm. to Brammer, and in every single place, the key is these these intercompany relations. So you know, you you are the, the tentacles I mentioned. You you need to talk. You need to know your business first of all. You need to know the people in your business who who you're dealing with. You kind of you kind of need to find who is the right person to speak to. So in a in AP. Who is that right person who, who's got their finger on the pulse? You, you're hoping that the AP manager and the AR manager are good. And, and generally, everywhere I've been, they have been actually. It's quite a, you know, they're, they're, a, they're a decent set of people who get to that position and they know what they're doing. And so <clears throat> you're always talking to those people and, you, and you, you, you get them to understand what you need. But more importantly, you understand, to understand how it works with them. Because I can sit in my every, t- every tower uh, and speaking to someone, say, in Poland. And, and something may look really silly from my perspective in Poland. But actually, in Poland, and I can sort of say, that, why, why are you doing this? I don't understand this. But until you go out to them, and then you see and you explain to them, you talk to them about these things, then you get a kind of understanding from both sides. And, and actually, the chances are they, they know a downside more than I do. They know their customers. They know the suppliers. They know the sort of local sort of foibles of what's going on. So you have to work with them to understand that so that's kind of where you start from but then you've got to push to make sure that there's no there's no slippage you know so okay you've got to give them that sort of bit of a leeway because they understand what's going on but but at the end of the day cash needs to come in so if it's you know if it, we mentioned purchasing didn't we before the call you know you've got to make sure that the purchasing understand the bigger picture because they can sort of sit there their their job i suppose in purchasing is to make sure that whichever factory or whichever goods they require we have those goods in but they've got to understand also that there's a cash implication to that so just have a, a think about how it is think about your payment terms you know don't just try to make your supplier happy or your vendor happy by saying well, we'll we'll agree to payment terms to make them happy but actually we've got to be based on our terms because if you know if you if your dpo your dso's are out of kilter which it can easily happen yeah. if you've not got this kind of gold congruence going on 
you know so so you've kind of you've got to create like the whole picture for them by treating them as adults basically and sort of saying well this is the impact of of what you're doing on the on the rest of it and you just you know you keep them involved all the time and as we said this this is an ongoing never stops it's always it's always going because things can turn around very very quickly in cash terms and as you say it's about thinking about the company as well as just roll it, yeah, and agreeing that, agreeing that. And, and that's been a, a key fundamental for you as well. But you then mentioned just a moment ago about then you made the move to Speedy Hire and things. Can you explain? So that was engineering business, then to Speedy Hire, and then bring us up to date. So I've been at Reynolds for probably as long as I could. I mean, in, in the end, I had two, two stints there, but I've probably been there for over 15 years, um, getting qualified, moving through the business. And I've probably taken it as far as I, I, I could take that particular role. And of course, I'm you know, ambitious, you want to push your career as far as you can. So I eventually left and then a couple of little stints, I ended up sort of speedy, speedy hire. They were a, a business known to me. So they the hire um, tools and that sort of thing. You'll see the wagons up and down the motorways and it's a sort of, um, you know, on, on motorway roadworks, you'll see speedy hire things all over the place. So they hire plants and that kind of thing around the UK. And yeah, I mean, they were just in, in a position where things had gone a little bit pear-shaped, shall we say, for them. And, and they needed sort of treasure to get a handle on cash. They were having difficult and again, it wasn't that far off the, the financial crisis, and they were having a, a rough time. So they just needed someone to come in and sort of firefight, basically, and try and get a grip of cash. And, and they were they had asset based financing at the time, so it was first of all get a grip of that, and that meant you know you're reporting every single week on that. So your, your financing is is based on on sort of those those assets, be they be they debtors or be they physical assets, and you're drawing cash down based on that. And again, this goes back to this understanding of your your cash flows. With Speedy, I mean, we got to the point where we required, you know, really, really close in forecasting, sort of weekly and then quarterly. So you go weekly, monthly, quarterly, and it was really important that the the banking group again had had faith in those in those quarterly numbers. So you know, and, and obviously it was a case that we, we'd, be, we'd almost be going hand to mouth how much money is coming that day. So we'd be first thing in the morning down to a AR to write what's coming, what's due to come in, what's coming in the afternoon, and then you're on to. AP in the afternoon saying yes you can pay this you can pay this trying to keep us trying to keep a buffer so that, that was quite exciting so you had this sort of firefighting position you know as, as you got further into it you could feel that the pressure would just go away a little bit you know as, as we we're sort of year in or 15 months in that pressure got better and better and it all sort of to settle down then and you know and, and again that was that was the whole purpose of that, of that job was to come in firefight get that get it under control and just make make, make life easier i suppose for um for the business so they, they sort of knew where the cash was and uh, so i wasn't there that long actually you know i, I enjoyed it there greatly and I've, I've sort of kept in contact with the people who i work with at, uh, at speedy because it's 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 an it's a nice company based in outside st helens sort of haywood up there so and, and it's kind of centralized around there and it and it sort of has lots of branches all, all around the uh, all around the UK. And it was um, it was a kind of you know if you know so St Helens, Wigan, that kind of area, you know, quite quite friendly people. And so it was a bit of a heavy heart that I, that I moved on, but it was for the same reasons. You know, again, there's career progression. And I thought there's probably no more I can do there now. So if I want to uh, keep moving my career on, went to a company called Brammer, Brammer PLC, who who are a company who basically go into into factories and, and do maintenance. So they maintain plants, factories, and they they do so where I work now around it's a pan-European company who who were also in a very similar position to Speedy just just through different reasons I mean just investments had gone wrong and and funnily enough they they had a huge downturn both companies if I say this had gone through a long period of growth and so they, they'd sort of you know they were paying out bonuses every year they're doing really well just grow 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 growth and they were, they were sort of darlings of the market but both of them had an event that uh, that caused it 
to flip the other way around. And this, as a result of this experience, it means it's easier for me in my current job. So, so it came as a Brammer, and they were probably in a worse position than um, than, than Speedy were. And, and so trying to, the, you know, profit warnings galore, and even warnings around around covenants and, and that sort of thing. So, so it was uh, that was that was far more more challenging. And 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 the the, the cash position was 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 almost almost impossible to sort of control at that point in time. But we go, we got there. The conspiracy where they almost didn't have a cash forecasting in place when I, when I joined, really, or they just sort of started one. And with yourself, why do you enjoy it so much? What I mean by that is, why do you enjoy that? You know, some treasurers want they sort of want to sort of sit back in and consider stuff and everything else, but you want to be at that fight, making that real difference. Is that is that why? Because you want to make yeah, a difference to the business. I do actually, but but I find it quite exciting. I find it. it I just get it's it is it is a sort of a buzz from the uh, it's not some sort of arrogant buzz it's just a, a real enjoyment because what it what it means you you go into the company you've got to and you you've then got to really learn about that business quickly and you've got to get to to meet people in that environment in that situation and it's and it's quite exciting really to get to do that way it's quite stressful as well you know there's no doubt there's a there's a lot of stress involved <clears throat> but the adrenaline adrenaline buzz you get gives you you know your brain gets engaged much quicker and and then you're, you're in there as a team I mean there's nothing better than sort of you know, backs to the wall sort of idea of, uh, of, of trying to get through something you're, you're all in the trenches together to get through this to make sure the company survives to, to do these things and people you kind of find that the best in people in, in those situations and all these companies are, are really good companies and they've been through a really good growth just that something has happened that's caused it and it can happen to anybody you see companies folding left right center some huge companies and i'm sure that it's because i'm sure they've been aware of the cash position but they've not done anything about it so yeah. this is always do something about it think oh you can turn this around and it's not for uh, you know you're not trying to get this you know tre- the light doesn't often shine on a treasury you know it's that's not we're, what we're about really you know it, we generally sit there and want to make sure that everything is controlled and we and we're about risk yeah. so we control the risk we maintain a steady position but we're always looking ahead and it's important to keep looking ahead so with cash is obvious we look at all sorts of other things. We look at hedging. That's what we do hedging for. You know, we, we manage interest rate risks. We do all these risks for the business. But it's all about that. But the only way to do it is to send again these tentacles out, understand the business, know the people within the business, you know, really know your audience because you, you're then dealing with people around you, different levels, but almost always up to sort of directors and board level. And you've got to kind of know what they want. And their buy-in is really important because there's a lot of, you know, you can find a lot of sort of financial directors don't really quite get what Treasury does because of the fact that, you know, we should we should really be in the background. We should be doing all this work, like the, the duck thing, where, you know, our feet flapping away underneath the yeah. water. That's how we should be. They don't need to know all that. You know, when I do, and we'll come on to it in soon, when I do a weekly cash forecast and I will look at the variances each week, they get like a little five or six lines, of where the variances are, what's caused them, and all this kind of thing. But the amount of work that goes into trying to find those variances, and and what we've gone from point A to get to that point, they don't need to know that. And it, and you know, it's for us to understand what's really going on at the, that sort of granular level. But we don't need the the people above us to know that. They just need to be secure and and be happy that we've got a handle on this, and they can do the important stuff. You know, make make sure the business is, is is successful. But we mustn't be afraid to say, right, I can see a problem here with the cash. Or if we do that, or if this happens, we've got a problem. And you can't do that. You've got to you've got to be brave enough to stick your head above a parapet to sort of say, there's a problem. You can't do that, or you've got to do it, or you can't pay them, or you can't pay this, you can't pay a bonus, whatever it is, you've got to be brave enough to do that. That's that's a crucial bit. So bring us up to date. Talk to us about InnoSpec, who the company are, your role there, and again, we know you make a difference on the, the cash 
cash line, but you know, tell us just a bit more about your role. Okay, well, I'm the group treasurer at Inisbec. Inisbec is a, a listed US chemical company. It's a, it's, a, it's a big business. It's a multi-billion dollar business. It has the finance base in Ellesmere Port in the UK, so finance, treasury, tax, that kind of thing. And we also manufacture here, and we originally manufacture products within that sort of Ellesmere Port area, which is quite a large chemical, it's been, you know, a chemical plant has been there for 70 odd years, but predominantly it's based So the corporate side is in, is in Denver in the US. And it, it, it's, it evolved from the oil fields in the great, great plains out there in, in the US. So we, we, we put chemicals into the drilling so that, it, you know, it's more efficient getting chemicals out of the ground, but we add chemicals to all sorts of, all sorts of products. So fuel, fuel specialties, that kind of thing. So, you know, to make engines more efficient, it, you know, it's, it's really good for the economy. We're, we're big on sort of green stuff because being a chemical company, that's really important to us. So, you know, we, we, We've released sort of reports on our green credentials for, for, for decades. You know, and this is not something that we've just only just sort of landed on, you know, because it's important for us that what we actually do and the chemical additives that we put into things are, are sustainable and they're all they're all done for the sort of right reasons. So cleaning chemicals, that kind of thing. And, and because of the diversity of the products, it means that we're, we're quite we're, we're quite protected against a lot that the, uh, the world economy could throw at us. And, you know, we know what's going on. At the moment with COVID and with you know a year ago there was there was COVID, there was oil prices collapsed, you know, which, which is being quickly forgotten now because the oil price is back up again. It's, uh, a variety of uh, a variety of things. So I mean that's where Inuspec is. We have a small treasury team based in in the UK who we have centralized banking. So you know we are pretty much bank of Inuspec. You know, we, we fund we fund the group from Ellesmere Port, so we have this short term liquidity that we deal with on on a, on a daily basis to make sure everyone's got the cash they need. And you know, we spent a lot of time on again on cash forecasting, getting the right tools in place to to be able to manage that cash. And it's you know because it's it's kind of centralised in the UK, centralised in the US and Asia, and then it sort of had those two hubs that we control within within the UK. And Andy, you've mentioned there that sort of all the way through, you know, cash is a, a key thing for yourself. But I know that there's other things, you know, it starts with cash, doesn't all end with cash. But, you know, is that is that where you see, you know, you, you know, you've talked about you adding value there. But again, we spoke the other day, we did the pre-podcast call and various other bits. But I know there are other areas that you think are important. We've talked a bit about qualifications. We've talked about different areas. What, what would you say, you know, I don't want to run out of time on today's show, but what else do you think is important? Would you say in, in terms of treasury as a as a, a career, or just yeah, well, both really as a whole, and you know, some of the listeners today will be sort of treasury managers, you know, coming up the curve, and then we also have treasurers from across across the world. So you know, we're talking to a couple of different audiences, as it were, but. You know, what things, you know, reflecting on it, we're not at the end of the show yet, but what, what would you say? There's lots of crucial areas in in Treasury. Every company is different. I think that's the first thing to, to, to be aware of. So, yes, we've done we've done cash to death, but in other in other companies, it, it might be really important to have a, a, a handle on FX. Now it's really important to have a handle on, you know, interest rates. So it's it's a very, and everyone's different. Every single business is different because it's different sectors. I, I've, I've sort of worked in, you know, a lot of manufacturing, for example. So we are, you know, buying and selling, you know, products. But also, it, same in service sectors. I've also worked in service sectors. So although it's a, it's a, a different a different product that you have to sort of maintain. You've got to understand how how the cash flows. In, in some cases, cash flows in very quickly and out very slowly. You know, so so the the, the cash is always always the sort of the, the driver. But I think it's important within Treasury to have a, an understanding of, and I think we talked about briefly about how Treasury, I think, used to be, where it was this ivory tower 
sort of concept there was just lots of way and you were literally looking at the looking at the the, the facility documents all day long and making sure that everything was unkidori within within that so when you inside they almost like a bible whereas nowadays i don't think it is that i think i think the key to any any treasure coming forward is i think you need to be more dynamic it's a lot more dynamic of a profession and you've got to be able to, the soft skills are, are really key so of course you need to have the you know the qualifications i've got a bit of you know certificates of Monet in, um, in ACT just to bolster the the SEMA qualification. So the technical side is, is important, but beyond that, it's it's the, it's the ability to sort of look at things and try to evolve all the time. We all know that going forward, I mean, one of the big projects we've got coming up now is going to be automation, looking at evolving treasury management systems, looking at, in fact, how the cash forecast becomes more AI-driven. So that's going to be a big thing, and, and that will feed into everything. So as soon as you do, you know, if you do a uh, an FX transaction, it will feed through automatically from you, perhaps you getting a forecast in. It then looks at what you need. It then goes away and you know produces the the ticket to buy and sell currency in the future. That will then automatically feed into your cash forecast and into your accounts and into your you know your your hedge accounting. All that's probably going to be done um, by AI going forward. A lot of the cash forecasting will be AI, but someone needs to understand it. You know, it's all well and good having reams and reams of numbers flying around. First of all, as I said before, when you go to the next level, so you're looking at director levels, they're not interested in that detail. They just need to have a clear picture and they need to know that you know where that's all coming from because you'll get asked awkward questions. You know, we have treasury committees uh, regularly and I've been in them at every company I've been at and you get, you, you'll never quite guess the question you're going to be asked. So when you're going into there, you need to have the preparation. Mm-hmm. So you've got to have an eye for detail. You've got to have, I understand your business. I think the directors, the finance directors, will have much more confidence in you if you can sound like you understand the business based on the knowledge that you actually do understand the business because that's where it'll come from. So, And that's why I was thinking about what what do I get out of it? Why do I enjoy Treasury so much? It's because of that. Every company I've been at, you've learned all about it and you get to know all the people and and you're part of something. And Innispec isn't, you know, we're, this is this is a really good business. You know, you'll see from balance sheets when you look at the, the results that we put out on a quarterly basis, that we've got a very strong balance sheet, you know. But as I say, all the companies I've been, I've been in that position and it can change. So I spent a lot of time getting that message across. My cash management, you know, at conferences, I've, I've, stand, I've stood up and done presentations that were pretty bore most people to death but it gets the point across that actually again how does how does your purchasing feed its way through to your ar it, it all it's all linked together and it's our job to kind of you know pull all that together from a from a cash cash perspective and understand how it all flows but with all these other little foibles in between and so you know we're not that far off the end of the show but and i know that is important about people developing their treasury careers and something you and i talked about extensively with with yourself and if someone is listening today and they're you know they're developing their treasury career and you've you know, you've covered a lot more about the business side of things and cash and stuff like that but when we had our prequel you talked about what you think people should think about when they come into treasury and develop what, what would you say that is before we then go to the sort of top tips and stuff what, what, what are your yeah thoughts? i think be be proactive be prepared to learn want want to learn there, there are elements of treasury where you know it, it can be you know there, there are lots of dull things there's, there's no doubt as, as with everything there are there are plenty of jobs that we come into you've got to the same thing churn 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 there's no doubt everything has that there's no career that doesn't have that where you've got all that learning but but it's the on top of that you know want to develop it want to move it on you know if you could show a, a sort of keen attitude and a willing to learn within treasury actually and because it's a fairly niche side of finance you know you're going to be competing with 
a handful of other candidates for, for roles. And if you can just sort of show that sort of zest and that sparkle to want to to want to learn and to want to move it on, then you know you can shine and you can and the, and the curve can climb up quite quickly in treasury. As I said there's there's always there's always a stress. I think you, I mentioned before about not being afraid to put your head above the parapet. It's a, it's a learning curve. I learn all the time. Every every week, but most treasury committees I learn something new, you know, and I can sometimes get caught out with questions. You think, ah, right, should have known that. Okay, next time I'll do that. And then you're always thinking about the stuff that you produce for the treasury committees. Okay, maybe maybe we can try this. So don't be afraid to suggest new ideas. But then, but but know your audience. You know they they don't want it to be a you know a showy off thing. But just be prepared to to move things on. I think people like to see gentle improvement in things rather than big ideas left, right, and centre. Because again, treasury is about risk, and and it's not it's not supposed to be flamboyant, but it's it can still be exciting. Adding the value and everything else, and 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 on that, you know, to so the closing words, we'll put your LinkedIn details in the show notes so that people can you know connect to you and you know expand your LinkedIn network. And as you you can hear, guys, you know, amazing guy to know, and you know, very practical treasurer. You know, some of the ones I've talked to, to treasurers, we you know very high level, and you know, lots of things and risk and da da da. Whereas this is you know a real practical lessons from uh, Mr. Andy Hawes here. So. Any any closing remarks you might say, sir, before we well, let you go to, off to a nice holiday period? What, what would you say? I would encourage any sort of people who want to look at it, look at a a role or, or a career in treasure that, that used to be seen as being you know dull, boring. Dare I say, in the old days, yeah. now it now it just isn't. It, it's an exciting it's an exciting role. It's definitely it's definitely one that merits a look at. You know, because it just opens so many avenues, and it and the whole world is going around us now. There are so many risks, so many things that change in the world that this is this is a career that can uh, that can be very very rewarding. Excellent, and that's exactly why we do the the podcast all the time. So fantastic, sir! Thank you for your time, and I look forward to seeing you as I say each and every week at the moment. Can't wait to see you in real life. Lovely to see you once again. Thanks, Mike. Thanks very much. Hello, it's Mike here again. I hope you enjoyed this week's show. If you did then maybe you want to follow the show or subscribe, depending on where you listen, whether that's iTunes, Spotify, or another great place to listen to the show from. It's totally free and means that you'll be the first to see each and every week when we release a new show. And maybe whilst you're there, you could even leave a quick review. Reviews and ratings are among the most important metrics for a podcast to effectively rank. And as you can probably appreciate, the podcast is a lot of hard work to produce every week. It'd be amazing. Just take, say, 20 seconds, leave a quick review of my amazing guests and their great career stories. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks very much, and I can't wait to see you soon.